Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. And Al Franken thought it would be funny to go out and yell, will somebody keep it down? People are trying to work here. What he expected was, this is George Harrison. This is a beetle. Uh-huh. He expected that George Harrison was going to turn to him and say, well, work quiet. I'm a beetle, for goodness sake. Right. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. To my immediate right, who are you, young lady? I am Tammy Burns. I happen to be her spouse, and I'm Joe Burns. Let's talk Beatles. When the Beatles broke up, in 1970, people were, you know, when are they getting back together? When is it going to happen? Can we just throw enough money at them? How is it possible to get these four guys back together? Right. I have for you the story. And by the way, it happened April 24th, 1976. The only reason I'm doing it after April 24th is because all the corona stuff came up. Right. And I wanted to sort of cover it here or I would have done it on the week that it happened. But. Okay. April 24th, 1976. And I told you to date earlier, and the first thing you said to me was your age. How old were you? Twelve. And you know that because that was... Centennial year. That's right. The bicentennial. That's when it... Was it a bicentennial? Was it the bicentennial? Yeah. Yeah, 200 years, years? 1976. My gosh. Well, on April 24th, talking Beatles, 1976, Saturday Night Live was inside of its first season. That's, you know, John Belushi, that's Dan Aykroyd, that's Gilda Radner. And on episode 18th, and by the way, Raquel Welch was the guest host. John Sebastian was the musical host. And the guy who runs it, Lorne Michaels, Mm -hmm. did a bit where he said, if we could just get the Beatles to get back together, NBC and Saturday Night Live would present them with a check for... $3,000. No. And here's what's funny about it. You think that $3,000 was a joke, that that he sort of just, the Beatles won't do anything for, you know, I won't get out of bed for less than 10 grand. The thing was, Lorne Michaels kind of thought this would work. So he went to the NBC accounting department and said, how much would they pay Mm -hmm. If the Beatles decided to get together and became musical guests on this new television show, Saturday Night Live, (laughs) the answer he got back was that they would only be paid, like all musicians, the union minimum. Scale? And the union, right, the union minimum for a four-piece band was about 400 per player, including per diem, or about $3,000. Wow. In the show, Mm -hmm. he holds up a check. It's a real check. Had the Beatles shown up, they would have been able to cash the check. Now, you say to yourself, that's absurd. The Beatles would have never done such a thing. 
except they almost did. And I've got the story about it for you today. Tell me, tell me. So we're going to play a lot of Beatles songs today, and I have as much of the audio of this as I can. So what we're going to do right now is play the audio of Lorne Michaels making the $3,000 bid. Going to go into a Beatles song. We're going to come back, and I'm going to tell you what actually happened. Because the joke is always that, oh yeah, they heard it and they were going to go. I have the specifics because the whole thing is written out in a book called All We Are Saying by David Sheff. So, NBC Saturday Night Live, Lorne Michaels, right into a Beatles song, and we'll be back to tell you the story here on Rock School. Hi, I'm Lorne Michaels, the producer of Saturday Night. Right now, we're being seen by approximately 22 million viewers. But please allow me, if I may, to address myself to four very special people. John, Paul, George, and Ringo, the Beatles. Lately, there have been a lot of rumors to the effect that the four of you might be getting back together. That would be great. In my book, the Beatles are the best thing that ever happened to music. It goes even deeper than that. You're not just a musical group, you're a part of us. We grew up with you. It's for this reason that I'm inviting you to come on our show. <laughs> now, we've heard and read a lot about personality and legal conflicts that might prevent you guys from reuniting. That's something which is none of my business. You guys will have to handle that. But it's also been said that no one has yet to come up with enough money to satisfy you. Well, if it's money you want, there's no problem here. The National Broadcasting Company has authorized me to offer you a certified check for $3,000. Here it is. Can we, can we uh, get a close-up of this, Dave? Which camera is it on? Ah, I moved in there. Now, here it is. As you can see, verifiably, it is a check made out to you, The Beatles, for $3,000. All you have to do is sing three Beatle tunes. She loves you, yeah, 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 that's a thousand dollars right there. You know the words, it'll be easy. Like I said, this is made out, this check here is made out to the Beatles. You divide it any way you want. You want to give Ringo less, that's up to you. I'd rather not get involved. I'm sincere about this. If it uh, helps you to reach a decision to reunite, well then, it's a worth the investment. You have agents, you know where I can be reached. Just think about it, okay? Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to carry on with a song that was on an al the album before last. And uh, it's called Everybody's Trying to Be My Baby. Well, they took some honey from a tree, dressed it up, and they called it. Dressed it up, and they called it. Okay, coming out of the Beatles. Now, on this date, April 24th, 1976, there is now a valid offer because, as Lorne Michaels has said, it was a valid check. Right. God, it was just waiting for the Beatles to show up. Now, people have said that after the Beatles broke up, they never spoke to each other. John Lennon never saw Paul McCartney, which was absolutely not true. They, too, specifically 
were in a good bit of contact with one another. Really? As a matter of fact, and this is straight from the book, all we are saying, David Sheff, why should you care about that book? Why should you read it? Because the book was interviewed and written as the last interview of John Lennon before he's killed. And he explains a whole bunch of stuff. Quote, Paul and John were watching in the Dakota. Lennon said, as Lennon said in 1980, Paul was visiting us at our place at the Dakota. We were watching it and almost went down to the studio just as a gag. We nearly got into a cab, but we were actually too tired. He and I were just sitting there watching the show and went, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we went down? But oh we didn't. My gosh. According to the, you know, the, the interview, this is the closest that the Beatles had ever come to reuniting mm -hmm. because except for Ringo Starr, they were all in New York at the time. And by the next week, obviously, Ringo Starr could have actually been there to go on the show. Right. Paul McCartney will confirm the story later on. He says, John, and again, this is from the book, John said we should go down, just you and me. There's only two of us, so we'll only take half the money. And for a second, we thought it would have worked. And we were having a night off. So we elected not to go. It was a nice idea. We very nearly did it. And you say, well, come on, that's from a book. I have an interview with Paul McCartney. I'm going to play it for you mm -hmm. where he says, yep, that's exactly what happened. So we'll play a little bit of that interview straight into another Beatles song here on Rock School. This conversation, did the two of you ever talk about, you know, about the getting back together? I mean, what's the myth and the reality of that? The nearest it ever came was um, Saturday Night Live did as a spoof. They made an, uh, an offer. Yeah. And Lorne Michaels, who was producing it, uh, I know quite well now, he went to the uh, accounts department of NBC yeah. and he said, um, I can get the Beatles reunion. So they said, what will you pay? <laughs> and the guy said, well, the standard fee for uh, live acts is so and so. And it was like, you know, $24, right. 34 cents. Right. So they used it as a skit. Yeah. And they said, if you're out there, Beatles, come on, NBC's offering 24. And John and I happened to be in his house in the Dakota yeah. while this was going on. And we said, come on, Let's should, we, should yeah. we go? Yeah. It's just down the road. And for half a second, we nearly went. Wow. But that was like as near as it got, you know. Yeah. Money wasn't good enough. Money? $24. Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, coming out of The Beatles, which is pretty much going to be The Beatles for the remainder of the show. Good. Now, again, mm -hmm. Paul McCartney, John Lennon were inside the Dakota, which was John Lennon's apartment. And by the way, I'm just going to point this out again. The last time we traveled to New York City, what was that, two years ago, three years ago? Two. I wanted to get a picture of myself in front of the Dakota, specifically where John Lennon was assassinated. Yeah. And I'm standing there, I'm taking a picture, this old lady walks in front of me and I sort of wave you off, you know, take the picture when she's gone and all mm -hmm, of that. Mm -hmm. And I remember you dropped the camera after you took the picture and you came running up to me. Do you know who that was? Do you know who that was? Do you know who that was? No, who was it? That was Yoko Ono. Right. And I looked at him, I looked at you and I said, 
I think I would have recognized uh-huh. Yoko Ono. And you turned to the doorman and pointed at me and he went, yeah, that was her. Yep. Yoko Ono was closer to me than you. She was and, not practicing social distancing and with you, me. And you were saying to me, oh, just wait until this lady's in so I, you can take a picture. <laughs> I had no idea who she was. I, kn- I didn't recognize her. Because, you know, you expect her to be in, like, leather vest and jacket with, with the dark glasses and all that. Yeah, she was in comfy clothes. Right, she was wearing, like, a yellow sundress and all that. No, this can't be Yoko Ono. But anyway... The two of them were in the Dakota. And as a matter of fact, McCartney was coming over to the Dakota so many times that it was starting to upset John Lennon. Again, from the book, All We Are Saying by David Sheff, the last interviews with um, John Lennon, Mm -hmm. quote, there was a period where Paul just kept turning up at our door with a guitar. I would let him in, but finally I said to him, please, you got to call before you come over. It's not 1956 anymore. And turning up at the door isn't the it's same cool. anymore. Yeah. Right. You know, just give me a ring. Paul got upset by that. I didn't mean it badly. I just meant that I was taking care of a baby all day and some guy turns up at the door. I just can't sit and play guitar. John Lennon leaves and Paul McCartney, you know, says goodbye. Right. Paul McCartney gets on a plane and heads to Dallas, Texas, where the following day Wings would begin their rehearsal for the U.S. leg of their world tour. Mm -hmm. He stayed in contact with Lennon until obviously John's death in 1980. But that sort of don't come in anymore was the last face to face. That he and John Lennon had. Wow. I know. That's you never, not good. Yeah, you never know those things. And I know, they, I know they tell you every time you see someone, tell them you love them and all that mm-hmm. because you never know the last time. But wouldn't that get creepy after a while? Every time I see someone, I love you, you, you kind of would be social distance whether you wanted to or well, not. And when you have kids, you need space. That's true. And, and alcohol. Now, <laughs> that $3,000 check is still swimming around out there. Where is it? And someone attempts to collect it. No, come on now. So we're going to take another song here. We'll get back and in the first break. I'm going to tell you who tries to collect it. All right. Time for another Beatles song here on Rock. It's been a Okay, coming into the first break, I mentioned that someone showed up and attempted to get a hold of that check. Who was it? And that someone was George Harrison. Okay. You all right? Fine, I'll tell you, I'm going to get it straight in the future. You know? I, mean, I know, you know, I mean, if you don't go on tonight, I don't need a word. Yeah, but if you don't go on tonight, it'll break his heart. I mean, it must be. See, I thought that you would understand that if it was, you know, 3000 for four people, then it would just be $750 for people. <laughs> Live from New York. 
on Saturday night. Paul Simon was the host, and it's a real famous Paul Simon one, because do you remember he started to sing while dressed like a turkey? Oh, yeah, I know that. I know yeah. it. Yeah. Everybody has that visual, and I'm trying to remember. I think he sings still crazy after all these years, <laughs> and he's dressed like a turkey. There's there's just these people. It's it's really it's it's uncomfortable when... A star doesn't get the idea of what Saturday Night Live is. Yeah. But then you get these people like Alec Baldwin, like, you know, um, why can't I come? Paul Simon. Paul Simon gets they, it. They yeah. get it. They totally. get the idea. Garth mm-hmm. Brooks has been on there twice. And he was great because he got the concept. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Now, again, he's the musical guest, but he and Paul Simon will play Here Comes the Sun, and I have a recording of that that I'm going to play. Nice. So we're going to take the break. We're going to come back. I'm going to tell you a little joke that um, somebody on the cast was able to relate from that show, and um, we'll then play the song there. So who's listening to us? KRSC, Claremore, Oklahoma, Roger State University. Superb. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, I told you I had a funny story. You know who Seth Meyers is? I do. He's got his own late-night TV show now, but he was for a long time the anchor of Weekend Update. Mm-hmm. He tells this story because he got the story from Al Franken. The Because jo- Al Franken was there. He wasn't on the show. He was a writer at the time. Right. But the, the joke was that George Harrison was sitting at a piano and he was playing. And Al Franken thought it would be funny to go out and yell, will somebody keep it down? People are trying to work here. What he expected was, this is George Harrison. This is a beetle. Uh-huh. He expected that George Harrison was going to turn to him and say, well, work quiet. I'm a beetle, for goodness sake. Right. Harrison took his hands off the keyboard, put him on his lap and said, sorry, and then got up and slunk away. He said it was a joke that just fell right on the floor uh, because, did you just yell at a beetle? I, I meant it to be funny. I meant it to be, but wow. no. George Harrison was so calm and, and so, I guess, what would it be, humble? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a beetle. John Lennon would have gone, I'm a beetle. Shut Exactly. Up. Harrison went, okay, I'm going to go get a coffee. Paul McCartney would say, I'm the beetle. <laughs> I wouldn't go quite that far. I'm still a Ringo fan. All right, I said that we had Paul Simon and Harrison playing Here Comes the Son, and it goes like this on Rock School. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend George Harrison. (laughs) 
Joe Burns, you are. Tammy Burns. The reason I said I was a Ringo fan, I'll, I'll bet a lot of people who are music fans remember this. When Bill Clinton was running for president and you could sort of see that this nobody from Arkansas yeah. was beginning to gain traction, Right. they started asking him the, I think I want to have a beer with this guy questions. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your favorite rock group? And all that kind of stuff. Because he, you know, he played saxophone. Yep. And, you know, he seemed to be a music fan. And I remember somebody said to him who's your favorite Beatle and he answered Paul McCartney and he caught all kinds of heck for that because you're supposed to say John Lennon uh-huh. because he's the smart one and Paul McCartney's the cute one and Paul writes these things like silly love songs and all of that he caught heck in the press for that and I was in radio when it happened and I remember saying on air if you had asked me that I would have said Ringo Starr. Yeah. Because I love all those dippy, goofy songs that he does. Oh, my, my is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, and I know what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to go, John Lennon, clouds part, single beam yeah, of George light. George Harrison's my favorite. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of great stuff as a solo artist, which you wouldn't expect. The fact that they gave him, like, a si- you know, a song uh-huh. on a side. I know. And the ones that Ringo Starr sang were written for him using a very small grouping of notes. So uh-huh. there wasn't a whole lot of movement. So bottom of the hour, let's do seven days in 70 seconds. It's May 11th all the way through May 17th. You got Monday, Tammy. Do it. May 11th, 1981. Bob Marley dies after a long battle with cancer. He was 36. May 12th, 1967. Archie Bell of Archie Bell and the Drells. And we can dance just as good as we walk is drafted into the u.s army and by the way he was in vietnam when tighten up hit may 13th 1985 the meeting in a washington dc church that launched the parents music resource center happens that's the pmrc that's tippers group that tried to, yeah that tried to censor music mm-hmm. do you know where the sort of invite list for that meeting in the church took place you know where it came from where it was their christmas card lists the four women that made up the pmrc they took their christmas card lists. totally i'm not kidding uh, May 14, 1993, the, uh, the Weekly World News announced that Elvis Presley had died. Apparently, it was not back in 1977. It was in 1993. Wow. May 15, 1963, the Rolling Stones signed with Decca Records in London, the label that turned 
down the Beatles the year before. I guess guitar-based bands are not on the out. May 16, 2000, Britney Spears' album, Oops, I Did It Again, becomes the fastest-selling debut for a female audience. It is not anymore, but it was at the time. May 17, 1987, Tom Petty's home in Encino, California, burns to the ground. Everything points to arson, mm-hmm. and the person who did it was never found. And everybody in his family is okay. And that wraps up 7 days, 70 seconds. Let's continue with this $3,000 check. Do it. No one has grabbed it yet. Mm -hmm. If you then go forward to the 1990s, specifically February 13th, 1993, season 18, Alec Baldwin Mm -hmm. is hosting. And during the beginning, again, cold open and such, there was a joke when Paul McCartney was the music guest on the program. He walked up to Michaels, Lauren Michaels, and said, you know, since I'm here, this is my bad liver puddly and excellent. Do it. You know, since I'm here, mm-hmm. can, can I have the check? And he said, oh, I just assumed George would have given you the money. I gave the check to George. <gasps> oh, <laughs> nasty. Right. Got to play some music. Here's a, just for the sake of argument, since we're talking about Paul McCartney, here's Paul McCartney tune on last one. Some Paul McCartney solo for you, uh, President Bill Clinton's favorite of the Beatles. Now, the story of the $3,000 check is over. However, that wasn't the only time the Beatles were offered money. Now, look, $3,000 seems silly. There's also a bunch of stories that when John Lennon was coming out of his self-imposed quarantine and it it becomes his last album, he was sort of shopping it around for a record label. And there's a cute little story that some nothing label, I think it was out of New York City, that only did little tiny punk bands and such, wrote him either a letter or a telex that said, stop effing around, (gasps) (laughs) $5,000. And he said, Lennon went, that sounds like I should do that. Wow. You know, but no, didn't happen. Another fella in 1976, obviously this is previous, Mm -hmm. uh, another fella in 1976, promoter Bill Sargent tossed around the figure of $10 million. Now we're talking. Sargent then upped the ante to $50 million. And I think if if I gleaned from what I read about it, if I gleaned it correctly, it wasn't that they weren't 
you know, going to take the money or it wasn't enough money. It was that they just didn't like Sargent very much. Oh, come on now. Yeah, and you have to believe they were extremely rich young men. There just comes a point in time where I have $60 million. I'm going to throw $10 million at you. Who cares? Well, take it and give it away to charity then. Uh, I guess. I guess. I guess. Hey, who's listening to us on this radio station? Well, that is W-Y-N-O in SUNY Oswego. Speaking of that. Yes. There's yet another huge amount of money that gets uh, gets thrown onto the table. And as soon as we take our break here, I'll be more than pleased to tell you about that. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, I told you there was one more really big chunk of change that somebody's going to throw on a table. Back in September 19, 1976, a guy by the name of Sid Bernstein, who the Beatles knew because he was the producer of their early tours in the United States, he offered $230 million. Wow. That, it just seems odd to me. That's like saying, I'm going to offer you 212 What do you yeah. mean 212 that doesn't make sense. Like 250 makes sense. That's a number you pull out of the clear blue sky. 230? That seems odd to me. But uh, it was for a one time only charity concert. He took out an ad in the New York Times to request that all four of the Beatles do it. Mm-hmm. They all politely declined the offer, although McCartney later admitted the four of them did speak to each other and considered it. Obviously, because it would have been for charity. And in this case, I'm with you. One concert? Right. Come you know, on. And you don't have to come out and play you know, the, the hits. You could do a set that you did at the Hamburg Club. Right. And just those old 1950s songs that you guys all loved so darn That's much. That's it. I, I would have done it. It says here in a 2007 interview with Radio Times, McCartney says, There was a phenomenal amount of money being offered, millions by Sid Bernstein. It would just go round and round. It always was that three of us were thinking, it might not be an a-, a bad idea. And then the fourth one would go, nah, let's not do it. And then he would say yes. And the other three would go, uh. and then one would go, that they could never quite get it together. So it seems that the only time the Beatles really had a shot at getting together, yeah. and Ringo wasn't even in this little air argument, right? but was when the $3,000 check was put on the table by Lorne Michaels. $230 million wouldn't bring them to the table. Oh my gosh. But 3000 did. And you know it was because it was the show yeah, of side of it. It would, have been, it would have been something that people would have been talking about in music history forever. forever. Mm-hmm. But... The Beatles did reunite as a foursome. Do you know when it happened? Uh, After they broke up, they did reunite as a foursome. 
Is it at someone's funeral? I'm going to tell you when it happened right after this. Got to play some more Beatles stuff for you here. Three Cool Cats on Rock School. Three Cool Cats. Okay, into the last break. I'll ask again, when did the Beatles all get together one more time as a foursome? This are is you, this is really going to upset some people, but... Are you sure they did? Yes, 1995. To which you say... Right, to which you say, but Lennon was killed... He was already dead. 1980. In 1995, out came anthology number one. Mm-hmm. Because they were the Beatles, because he was John Lennon, right. there were all kinds of songs that he had demos written for. Free, Apparent, free as a bird. As right. A bird. Exactly that. They took an old John Lennon demo tape from 1977 with the digital and all that. Everybody played. The slide guitar was put on by Harrison. There was a drum kit laid in there, obviously, by Ringo. On Anthology 2 was this thing called Real Love. Lennon recorded six demo takes of it in 1979. It was the sixth one that Anthology 2 used, and again, the other three Beatles put on it. So they did come together, but it was digitally. Wouldn't it have been great had they done it for $3,000? Dollars. Yes. You know, that's that's like Bill Gates. You know, I need you to come talk to this place and all I got's twenty bucks. Okay. And Bill <laughs> Gates shows up and does something. All right. Yeah, love it. All right, that's gonna wrap it up. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. That's it. Beatles music to the end of the show here on Rock School. Class is dismissed. Life that we once knew